The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Masrowski. And the rain melting some of the snow away, but in areas of Western New York that were hit hardest by lake effect, there's still work to be done. WBEN's Brayton Wilson caught up with those helping out. Among those helping local residents with cleanup efforts following back-to-back lake effect snowstorms last week in the region was Eight Days of Hope, the Christian nonprofit organization that helps serve communities in need after natural and human disasters. While most of the volunteers helping to clear out snow-covered driveways or roofs are right here from western New York, sometimes the call for help extends elsewhere throughout the country. This includes Dustin Sullivan, who serves as Eight Days of Hope's rapid response director out of their Tupelo, Mississippi headquarters. This is a tremendous amount of snow. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I think this part of West Seneca, they received something like seven feet of snow within a week, which is just crazy for me being down south to even comprehend. But we're just here trying to serve uh, as many homeowners as we can the few days that we're here by um, taking snow and ice off of their roofs and, of course, clearing their driveways for them. Sullivan and a number of others arrived in Buffalo a few days back in an effort to help as many Western New Yorkers that needed some extra assistance to clean up some heavy amounts of snow still remaining. His time helping with cleanup efforts in the region wrapped up on Tuesday. While this isn't the first stop through western New York in the past, Sullivan says the one thing he's taken away from this time spent here is the people and being able to serve the gracious community any way he can. A few days ago we were able to serve grandparents and their grandson was with them. He was probably 8, 9, 10 years old and the grandson, he was watching our volunteers watching what we were doing and he watched really closely and we could tell that he was really observant and he went to one of our volunteers and he told him, wow, when I grow up, I want to be a volunteer with Eight Days of Hope. So it's really incredible to watch this young man, this young boy, be inspired and being encouraged by what we're doing. So hopefully one day when he gets older, he'll encourage and inspire other volunteers to come together to help their neighbors. More from Sullivan is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, really cool to see uh, people from all over helping out here in western New York. And it's, I never stop getting a kick out of the amazement that people not from the area have when they see the snow um and and even really people from the area right you know we were saying this about if you were going down to the game sunday and it might have been your first time down the south towns after the snowstorm to see like how much snow you you can get in that lake effect band it's jaw-dropping uh absolutely incredible but yeah people from out of town when they come and see what happened here wow they're uh they're in for something they've never really seen before well donald trump won a decisive victory in the new hampshire republican primary this race is far from over vowing to press on nikki haley challenged donald trump to a debate thank you but even as he basked in his victory trump angrily responded to haley's speech i can go up and i can say to everybody oh thank you for the victory it's wonderful it's what or i can go up and say who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage before and, like, claimed a victory. She did very poorly, actually. Haley's campaign called Trump's remarks an angry rant filled with grievances. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Manchester, New Hampshire. Well, taking another step toward a permanent memorial to the top shooting victims. WBEN's Max Ferry was at a meeting last night. The 514 Memorial Commission on Thursday shared the survey report findings of 1,300 respondents with the Buffalo community for a probable physical memorial to honor the lives of the 10 deceased victims and the survivors of the racially motivated top supermarket shooting on Jefferson Avenue. When asked, are you in favor of a material physical memorial, 87% responded yes. And of those that wanted a material or physical memorial, they were asked, should this memorial be inside a building 
or outside a building. 86% said it should be outside of buildings. Again, very strong. Physical memorial outside a building. Jim Bockwitz of JRB Industries, lead conductor of the survey. The report also gave insight as to the main messages the community wanted to see of the memorial. The most frequent was remembrance, 82%, followed by healing at 65%, and love over hate at 62%. In addition, an overwhelming majority agreed that the memorial should be located at or near the tops on Jefferson Avenue. As for the next steps in the process, we did put out our RFS request for submission for concept ideas. We're going to be going through that and we'll come back with another community meeting to let you know how that progress has been going. And then we will inform the community of the next steps. We are working with not only the concepts and looking at uh, possible um, individuals who can help design it, but we want to make sure uh, that we hear from the community. So every step of the process will be brought back to the community. Reverend Mark Blue, chairman of the Memorial Commission. The Reverend anticipates this project being a multi-million dollar effort. You can hear the full meeting and breakdown at WBEN.com. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. All right, Max, thank you. Constant drip of tech layoffs. Now, LinkedIn, eBay, the latest companies to announce job cuts. For a long time, it seemed as though the tech industry was going through a correction cutting staff after massive hiring sprees during the pandemic. The continued layoffs throughout the tech industry suggests something more is happening. That's Ian Schur, tech contributor for CBS News. And Bills coach Sean McDermott wrapping up the season yesterday by talking to the media. The ultimate goal is winning a world championship and doing that for Bills Mafia, doing that for Terry and Kim, doing that for people in Western New York, that winning mindset. And that's what this is all about. That's what you saw from our team when we sat at six and six and we were able to rally and get to where we got to this year was that winner's mindset. And that's what I want everybody to have. And that's what I want for everyone to feel what it does feel like to get to a Super Bowl again and win it. All right. Lengthy news conferences yesterday by both McDermott and Brandon Bean. The exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast calls for periods of rain with areas of fog today. We'll see milder highs in the mid-40s. Rain tapering to drizzle tonight with patchy dense fog. Overnight lows around 40 degrees. Staying damp tomorrow with morning drizzle and fog and more steady rain developing in the evening. We'll see highs in the mid-40s. Occasional rain tapering to scattered showers on Friday with cooler highs in the low 40s. With the exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Mary Beth Robel. Jacob Nyheisel, political science professor at UB, is with us this morning on WBEN talking about the New Hampshire primary. Uh, Jacob, how decisive of a victory was it last night for Trump? Was it a knockout punch? Morning, Brian and Susan. Um, I'm yeah, it's pretty close to a knockout punch, I think. Uh, this was ground where Haley had to do really well. Uh, she did better than she did in Iowa, it looks like, although the, the gap is widening a bit. However, um, this is probably going to be the friendliest territory she sees in a while for a number of reasons. And as the campaign goes forward, I think it just gets more uh, advantageous to Trump. Now, you said uh, advantageous uh, or for Haley, this primary could have been uh, that she won't necessarily see in other primaries. That has a lot to do with independent voters. You know, when you look at the numbers, uh, Donald Trump, almost 55 percent of the vote. Nikki Haley, a little over 43 percent of the vote. 
Uh, you might think like, well, you know, it is maybe a little close, closer than you might have believed with some of these polls that were happening. But those independent voters in New Hampshire played a big role, right? That's right. She won independence fairly handily. And New Hampshire is an open primary state. Uh, the number of the ones coming up uh, are not where, you know, you have to be an enrolled Republican in order to take part in the the contest. So, yeah, he with he him winning um, Republicans pretty handily, uh, it just looks worse for her going out. Moreover, New Hampshire Republicans aren't South Carolina Republicans. They're not Michigan Republicans. They tend to be a bit more libertarian-leaning, um, a bit more uh, moderate in some respects. So, yeah, I think the, the rest of the territory here just looks really bad for her. Well, Nikki Haley last night vowing to stay in it. She said it's not over for her. What would be a path forward for her? I don't really see one and unless, you know, something drastically changes in terms of the preferences of Republican primary voters. Uh, everywhere we look, everywhere we see polls in these you know, early states pre Super Tuesday, Trump's up fairly substantially. So I don't know what would eat into that lead, uh, but it doesn't seem to be wavering too much. I, you wouldn't expect her to bow out, though, before going to her home state. No, you wouldn't necessarily do that. But I think, you know, if you don't win your home state, that that starts to look pretty bad. And moreover, you're going to have donors jumping ship, trying to to find safe harbor somewhere else. And, you know, they might not be happy necessarily with Trump, but he looks to be where the party is headed. And so if you want to be on board, um, you know, Nikki Haley doesn't seem like that candidate right now. Haley last night challenged Trump to debate her. He's been sitting out of these GOP debates so far. Do you think he'll accept or not? Not really. It's been working for him thus far not to engage. He, you know, has a big enough platform that whatever he wants to say, he can say it and it'll get out there on either his own social media accounts or uh, the the media will pick it up. Uh, It doesn't really seem to be something that he, he needs to do right now. I heard something pretty interesting leading up to uh, this primary, and that was uh, Trump, I believe, over the weekend, you know, said something to the effect, you know, he was talking about Nikki Haley, uh, you know, kind of making fun of her campaign, saying, did you hear, you know, even Democrats are voting for her. And I thought that was really, you know, interesting. It plays well during a primary. But in a general election, isn't that kind of what you want? You know, the more people who vote for you, the better your chances of winning the general election. Is there, I mean, just how different is the mindset in a primary cycle as opposed to, you know, what you need to win in a general election? That's a great question. And it's very different. Traditionally, we think of in presidential contests, neither party has a substantial enough base that that alone is going to to win the contest for them. It does happen. The the big example in the, the modern era would be Obama 2012. He lost independence and still managed to, to win the race. However, we tend to think of you need those independents. You need maybe to eat into some of the other parties' base of support as well if you're going to win the presidency. Well, now I'm wondering how likely do you think, Jacob, that a Trump-Biden rematch is in the cards. Very likely. <laughs> I would assign a high degree of probability to a rematch going on right now. You know, and based on exit polls, it seems that that's the matchup that most Americans don't want. 
I think that we're seeing lots of indicators that most people are casting about for something else, um, but that has not materialized to the point that they're they're willing to move away from you know what what seems to be presenting themselves. Right. So lots of folks are moving in the independent direction. If you look at the party ID numbers from Gallup or Pew, lots of people say they're independent, but when push comes to shove, they still have these party loyalties. I, I you know, I love that. I, what's behind that phenomenon? Like, how do you explain? You see the bumper stickers, anybody else, 2024, right, for the last uh, four years, and, and yet still you end up kind of, I, I throughout the past few months have said, like, sleepwalking your way into a, a rematch between these two. All the polls say, Nobody wants to see it. But how do you get here if nobody wants to see it? Is it apathy? What is it? That's a really good question. I I think lots of things sound good in the abstract to voters. Uh, Bipartisanship sounds really good in the abstract to voters. But when push comes to shove, um, party identity is a really, really strong force in a lot of our lives. And so we try to make things consistent with that identity as possible. And that often ends up being you know, supporting the obvious nominee for your party. Well, you know, if it is Trump and Biden, what happens if something happens to either one of them leading up to November? That's a really good question. Um, uh, they're both, you know, getting up there in the years. And, uh, of course, the, the obvious choice would be whatever uh, VP pick that, that Trump has, um, that would be the person that would naturally be slotted in to, to be the, the nominee. Uh, it's not entirely clear what the, the mechanics of that look like, though. Jacob, we appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk with you again soon, I'm sure. Political science professor Jacob Nyheisel from the University of Buffalo. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.